0: Can tell that I have a different guest. I guess if you read, I you know what I do that a lot of other podcasts don't do is that I do intentionally kind of don't put like spoilers for secret for the special guests in the description. Everyone else always says that, Oh, you read the description, so you already know what's going on. I don't do that, but you know that it's a special guest or it's a special guest co host or whatever you want to say because I usually say Quentin within five seconds of recording. Um, I just like saying the name, I love Quentin. Um, but tonight I am joined with a special guest, and tonight we are the Long distance, um, oh man, I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Either way, we are the long distance acquaintances. Um, we could
1: go with that. I was gonna say the long distance relationships will kill you, like the Naked uh, Brothers Band jam of Nickelodeon days gone by. I'll
0: go with that. I'll go with that. Uh, long (laughs) distance relationships will kill you. Um, it was supposed to be a playoff of your catchphrase, uh, long time close. That was it, short term. (laughs) It was supposed to be short-term, long-distance acquaintances, but instead, now it is long-distance relationships will kill you. I am joined by Dylan Hales. Dylan, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm great. I uh, have have gone out of my way to take some of my premium, high-dollar time and throw <laughs> it throw it the way of this feed, this this podcast.
0: Literally Fledgling. one of the,
1: one of the only. Uh, podcast wrestling related podcast I actually listen to I almost listen to no, I, I listen to virtually no wrestling related podcast anymore it's oh. this one and sometimes the AIW one which I still like uh, and the St. Louis Anarchy show the uh, the I forget what they call it dollar dollar menu I, it's the Submission Squad podcast I forget the damn oh. name of it even though I was just huh. on
0: it but that's I didn't it. even know that exists honestly yeah it's good need to check it's that really out. good yeah. yeah, you did a terrible job plugging your episode because I, I didn't even notice it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I kid. Um, the AIW podcast, that's a good reminder. I got a new phone and I had an old backup of my uh, podcatcher app. And I don't think it had the AIW podcast on there, which I pick and choose. I don't listen to it all the time or I wasn't listening to it all the time. But uh, but I don't think I'm getting updates on it anymore. So I need to add that back because I did enjoy it sometimes, especially when Dom's on because he's a, such a sweetheart. But... Normally on this show, we would start out with news, but you just got me excited to talk about one thing, which is um, what podcast do you listen to that aren't wrestling related there, Dylan? Because, you know, I'm a podcast fiend. You know how much I listen uh, to podcasts. What oh do boys. you listen to outside of the wrestling world? So
1: I listen to um, Thaddeus Russell's unregistered podcast, I think that's an interesting show. Uh, I don't I often disagree with his takes, but he interviews interesting people. Um, he's a, you know, uh Trained historian who's sort of like a dropout agorist now, which is somewhat sympathetic. I'm somewhat sympathetic to ideologically. I listen to the Around the Empire podcast, which is more or less what it sounds like. I listen to uh, the uh, the Antiwar dot uh, uh, com uh, podcast feed, which, well, really, it's Scott Horton's show, the Scott Horton show. I listen to that pretty regularly. Uh, let's see, what else do I listen to regularly? Um intercepted when it's in season, which is not always. Not yeah. Uh yeah. Uh Heidi Matthews has a podcast uh that I listen to. Uh she's not done a ton of them. For a while, Michael Tracy was releasing podcasts. Um for a while I was listening to the Doom podcast with Matt Binder semi-regularly. Uh uh Freeman Beyond the Wall, which is a kind of a a a more traditional sort of um right libertarian podcast uh although i'm sure mance would not you'd probably object to that that label but but it's yeah you know what i don't even know if that's fair to say it's but it's it's closer to that than maybe to like left libertarianism but i listen to that pretty regularly um i listen to pushback with uh Aaron mate pretty regularly those are usually short episodes sometimes i'll throw on the fifth column podcast even though i disagree with virtually everything they say uh Matt Taibbi's useful idiots so there's like a there's a whole bunch
0: ah okay yeah um God, there's a lot in there that i haven't that i haven't even heard of and i as you talked about that like a right-leaning libertarian podcast i feel like when the fuck did i give up on like listening to the other side i guess you know when i completely stopped was when um the weekly standard podcast died or the weekly standard in general died and uh that's when i, I like i think that was like the last really right podcast that i listened to and now i'm like Oh, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I need to get back on that um, and actually pay attention to what the other side says instead of just living in the echo chamber. Um, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty diverse.
1: Easy. It's a pretty diverse list I just offered. I, I mean, I listen right. to zero books feed pretty re- pretty regularly, too. Like that. It's it, that's a pretty wide gamut. And I'm probably leaving off some that are fairly, you know, significant that I just can't think of off the top of my head. So, right.
0: All right, well let's get into the news a little bit um, and then we'll talk about the main topic but it's really light because we we literally just recorded a podcast a couple days ago so we don't there's not a lot of stuff that we missed but the big I guess stuff that comes out and I didn't get to take my victory lap with Quentin which is a was kind of a bummer and also like who cares I should I, it's not even a victory lap but Marty scroll resigns with ROH um, which I pretty much said was my number one pick for Marty scroll would end up with ROH Uh, as a listener to the podcast. Of course, you confirm that that's correct. Um, But also not just to be a wrestler, but also to be a co-head booker Um, working with someone like delirious. I'm talking to someone who works in booking works behind the scenes somewhat. What's it like to have somebody in that situation take over again with, or not take over, but now be installed in a position of supposedly co-equal, uh, booking with someone like Delirious, who's had his little fiefdom for so long, um, and also, what's your take on the situation writ large? What's really nice right now is that I can talk to you about this, and luckily, your podcast took a kind of a break on talking about news this week because you did that really cool interview with uh, with Drew Cordero. So I got you a little bit fresh on a couple news things to talk about. So, what's your take on the Marty Scroll situation overall?
1: Yeah, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm not. I, I I've I'm not the biggest fan of Marty scrolls work. Uh, you know, like I, I he's not yeah. my favorite, he's not my favorite wrestler in the world. Um, but I do think he's a very shrewd business guy. And, um, it, it to me, it seemed self evident months ago that he was going to e- end up back in ring of honor. I'm actually fairly surprised that anybody was surprised by this. And I think the fact that anybody was surprised by this is kind of an indictment of some of the traditional news sources because I think the only reason it's surprising is because um, there are certain <laughs> echo, echo, echo chambers that are out there where yeah. uh, people have been in the habit of postmodern narrative creation that ultimately went nowhere, and right. I, I think I think um, really every other sign other than just that pointed to at minimum there being a. a very good chance Marty Schroeder was going to resign. So I, I, I don't, I don't think it should be surprising at all. Uh, uh, so from the surprise perspective, it's not surprising at all. As far as what it means for ring of honor, there's absolutely no way of knowing they've had some really outside the box. And frankly, I think interesting signings over the course of the last several months, uh, Tyler Bateman, Dan Moff, Slex, probably some others I'm forgetting. Um, it, so I, overall, I think that's kind of an interest. It's, it, it's too early to tell what any of it really means, I guess. And, because, and also, we don't even know, like, okay, is Marty going to be co-booking? Is, is he going to have ultimately creative control? Is he going to have cre- c- control over certain things and not others? First of all, we may never know, just as people not inside the Ring of Honor locker room. We may never know the answer to that. But, but setting that aside, those differences and whatnot make a very, very, very big difference and I think it's too early to say for sure what exactly that role is going to be. I mean, anybody who's ever booked by committee uh, are in a partnership, at which every show I've ever been involved with, that's how it's done. You know, like yeah. uh, it, 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 there is some give and take and things sort of people sort of naturally end up drifting toward their guys or the programs that they really want to advance. And, you know, the risk is always. Or, you know, is it going to be, become a situation where both Marty and Delirious have their favorites and a bunch of people fall through the cracks? That's the risk, right? Is like you don't want to be somebody that doesn't have an ally in one of those two guys, I guess. And I, I don't, you know, I think it's too soon to tell. Um, but, I mean, Ring of Honor is clearly spending real money and they're making real plays. So for all the criticism about Ring of Honor, and, you know, I, I've said this, some on the PW Ponderies newscast, which you alluded to earlier, like, like for all the criticism about of them, they they're they're not afraid to throw away, throw around the money. They're just not like they will throw it around. And what effect will happen? Have? I don't know. If you if you think back to this time last year, this time last year, roughly, was when they sort of were gobbling up um, a lot of uh, a lot of the talent that, you know, they've used in the last year since. And there was that brief window around last year's Atlanta tapings, if I'm not mistaken, where people were like, oh, wow, Ring of Honor is kind of a hot ticket again. You know, even. Yeah. Yeah. The elite slept and all this, but like they're, they're rebuilding and like they're doing some cool things. And then within two or three months, they were totally off the map. <laughs> so right. who, who the hell knows?
0: Well, we can blame that completely on uh, Flip getting injured, because I think that Flip's injury is what really caused them to, to lose all their buzz. Um, without without no, question. But, yeah, but uh, I mean, as you talk about that, the thing about it is that scroll we don't have a track record of scroll in a creative capacity other than his own himself. And that doesn't, as we have seen historically in wrestling, that doesn't equate to like being good at booking other things just because you're good at putting together your own programs. What we have, what we do have a history of with Marty scroll is being a trainer, being someone who puts, you know, talent together, um, as he was the the head trainer at the RPW school, which is kind of the point I wanted to make there is that putting scroll in a position of, of power is honestly a really good move for ROH when it comes to strengthening certain relationships that ROH's relationships are weakening because scroll has great connections with multiple promotions. Um, RPW being one of them, him and Andy Quinlan are very close, very good friends. There was a time when Marty Scroll was the head trainer at RPW school while living primarily almost full time in New York City in America, or maybe not New York City, but living in New York in America on the East Coast. And he was the head trainer of the school, meaning he was flying back and forth regularly to run training classes and run the school in general. And maybe he wasn't at every training, every session, but he was the considered the head trainer of the school while he lived pretty much full-time in America. So that's interesting to think about how close him and Quinlan really are. Plus he's got the connection back to new Japan. Um, as new Japan is interested in bringing him back. Um, they want to use him ROH and new Japan's relationship has waxed and waned over the time, but it's opening back up and you've got the top, you know, wrestler and and a guy who, if any wrestler in the company has some say in, um, in NWA with Nick Aldis, I was going to say Magnus, but got to remember his, his current name. Um, Nick Aldis and Scroll being good friends, which I didn't even really know until they had their match with each other. I think last year, maybe the year before, if it was it was late. Um, and so it's like that relationship is tight. So now you've got basically a guy that you're putting into a head, like a head position, a lead position in ROH, having really great relationships with three big time companies that n- can really help ROH in that regard. As it was feeling like ROH was getting isolated and taken apart and and basically was going to fall off the rails now this is a huge move for really resolidifying those relationships and resolidifying roh's position in the wrestling landscape moving forward so it's it honestly a fantastic move for them even if you think of it as a, like a figurehead position even if at the end of the day marty scroll doesn't really do much when it comes to booking having him in this as like an ambassador between all of these other promotions is a fantastic move for them so yeah i mean overall i think really really smart shrewd business move for roh they opened up that that cap space on their in their uh, kind of um on their roster when it came to to money and they you know are letting people work independent dates a lot more of the guys who had been you talked about were signed last year Around this time, I've been opened back up to being allowed to work all over the world again. Um, got some big, big stuff coming out of that moving forward. So, I mean, yeah, they, they they opened up that kind of that money. They set this up. And this is like a really good situation for them. Probably one of the best situations they've been in in a long time. Now they can focus on Marty as a top guy for them. He can help, again, solidify those relationships everywhere. Um, and it does leave AEW back in the lurch it's, you know, Marty scrolls, the one who opens up the forbidden door, it turns out and rather than uh, Jericho being able to do that. So be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah,
1: it's, de- it's definitely an, and, and I think you cut ca- like sort of embedded just within the nature of this conversation is the fact that we're talking about ring- ROH, right. And who the hell talks about ring of honor. <laughs> right? And, like, and I think it to that, de- in that sense alone, it's a huge win for them because They became a a part of the news cycle in a major, major way, even at a time where there's so many stories, both at the independent and the national level that are really like huge. They had a day where they owned at least a significant piece of the news cycle with a story that I think is generally speaking being viewed hopefully. And Ring of Honor needs that badly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Positive kind of any kind of positive feelings towards roh is a good thing right now and it's funny because you said we're talking about it and we're two people who in you know 20 2020 are not marty scroll fans but we're talking about this situation in a positive light for them because it's a great move for them even with someone that i mean may not be a fan of his work and may not have been a fan of his work for many years at this point um the other the only other kind of news note that I had to talk about, and this is a little bit messy and a little bit sloppy, um, is the Gabe Sapolsky, David Star Twitter flare up. Um, pretty intense overall, um, pretty ridiculous. And Gabe just deletes everything and sets his Twitter to private after it's all said and done. Um, I mean, this is something that me and you have talked about in the past. This is labor versus, you know, labor. Um, versus management ownership basically kind of argument um this is some really damning kind of you're not as pure as you say you are which is true about everyone really there's very few people who openly admit to like you know the darkest parts of themselves but overall this was ridiculous um i don't know if you have much to uh, to add to the to the kind of discourse on this i mean
1: i think it was obvious that this was going to happen after the initial exchange. <laughs> like, right. I, 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 like, I, that, I guess that would sort of be my comment. I, I, again, I, this sounds like I'm just, uh, saying that I, I'm the smartest guy and I predict everything. Cause I thought Marty's girl was going to r- ringside, with ring of honor. And then I like, but realistically, I think if you follow the personalities involved and you know anything about both Gabe Sapolsky and David Starr, both of whom are very, very strong-willed and very, very much guys who want to get ahead of the story, if that makes sense. I, yeah. think, that's a, I think that's a characteristic they both share. I, I think it was inevitable that something like this was going to happen. Um, you know, it, look, I probably shouldn't say more than that. Uh, so right. So I'm not... I, I I'm not I'm not going to get too much into the details of it, other than to say that like it's always funny when like when there's a big tri- Twitter thread by that, you know, it, like involving any situation like that because it's always fun. Like to me, what's f- all the the most entertaining part is rarely what's actually said in it. It's rarely whether somebody makes a great point or whether there's some like hypocrisy in it that everybody wants to dunk on or whatever. It's the particular things. That people get angry about that are sort of, or a- angry may not even be the right word, but like the the real time fact checking
0: <laughs> right. that
1: occurs, where people are like professional like uh, Snopes tribute tribute acts on Twitter, like GCW responding basically to say Evolve's not an indie, and also uh, uh, check our schedule because Gabe had right. tweeted that you know they run multiple markets or whatever, which is. To be fair, that's the exact same thing I thought when I saw
0: it. But yeah, we it's just—it's—it's it's funny when you see that. <laughs> that yeah. to me, is like the funniest part about it. On the on the uh, you know the company endorsed Slack chat, we uh, we listed multiple pr- promotions that we said all fit that same bill. You know, GCW being primary of them, especially because GCW even goes international, something that Gabe has done basically once. Um, so it's just like, yeah, like t- to even begin to like try to make that statement was ridiculous. But they're like comparing all of this and it's like, don't even get us started with like fucking Japan and Mexico, where basically every promotion, every indie promotion does that. But, you know, that was very funny because that was the the most like it was such a minuscule thing that he was just trying to use to bolster the importance of his um of, you know, his exposure that he's offering to these fans or uh, to these wrestlers. But, but you know I say fans, but. You know-
1: You know what, though? It's that's it's a great example of a phenomenon that we see all the time. And I think particularly like we started the show talking about podcasts and like most of the podcasts I rattle off have pretty different or or somewhat different ideological bents, Right. Um, And but one of the one of the things that has happened in the culture now, just broadly speaking, is. And I, this has probably always been the case, but I think it's been exacerbated in my lifetime dramatically because I don't I don't think it was this bad when I was like a teenager. But I, I mean, I could be wrong, but it didn't feel like that to me um, is this thing where, you know, and, and we all do it. I do it like you'll be reading a book or you're reading a, or you reading an article and like maybe you think the argument in it is interesting. You're not sure if you agree or not. And then you notice that there's some fact that is presented or something that's presented as a fact that you know to be false, or right. you know it you know that it's a spin that is totally leaving out a bunch of relevant information. And what does what happens? It undermines the entire thing to you. And that's why being so careful, particularly when you're a promoter, about how you prevent present stuff matters so much because right. you don't ever want to get in a position where people can throw out the baby with the bathwater over something that is totally tangential because it is a natural human instinct at this point.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, that is very true. And I think that, I mean, I don't know that it's not necessarily like exacerbated in the current moment by the fact that like people are able to fact check real time with all of the information that's ever existed in the history of the world, basically, except for, I guess, what is it like 500 hours of french catch wrestling that's just been unsurfaced so you know that there is some things out there that are hidden and new um that's a, a shout out to, to charles and loss over there at pwo um but uh but yeah it's like now it does seem like because people can double check and make sure because sometimes something strikes me and i go like oh that's a you know that's wrong or whatever but maybe i don't 100 percent know but i will i am inclined to to look it up And just, you know, Google search it real quick and be like, yeah, what I thought was right was right. And that person is full of shit on that thing. But again, like you said, like you need to be open to the fact that people misspeak all the time, like lend people the kindness that you wish that people would lend to you when it comes to like understanding and forgiveness when it comes to misspeaking every now and then, because we all do it. We all say things that aren't 100 percent true. I've said things on the podcast that. Or a little bit off or a little bit wrong. I don't have the best memory on the fucking planet. I don't remember every little detail of every little thing, so sometimes I misspeak, right? That doesn't make everything I say bullshit. You know, like, I know that for a fact. You know that for a fact. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it, it has entrenched a lot more, and people are always looking for an excuse to basically just, like, completely disavow whatever people have to say based on one falsehood that they pick out. So, it's a good point. It's, it's a good... A, a good practice is...
1: Um to never assume malice when you can assume ignorance yes. which, which which sounds kind of douchey and I admit is sort of but it also is, is to me it's a good way to live life if you can do it right um, it's, it's 100% at, true yeah it's, and, and the reality is the assholes will reveal themselves every time
0: so if it right. is
1: malice it will be revealed very quickly
0: <laughs> they can't
1: true. help themselves
0: no, this is this is very true. Um is there any that's all like I said, I only had like two news stories. Do you have any news stories that you wanted you were itching to talk about? Like I said, you host a news podcast, but you didn't really get into it this week.
1: Uh eh, you know what? Not really. I, I like
0: I feel like those are sort of like the, the big
1: arc stories uh of the week. I actually listened to uh uh you and Quentin's uh most recent show today. Uh and okay. you got you, you got you guys covered, you know. Uh, Tessa Gate better than I could, uh, and and fr- frankly, um, I think Quentin being a person of color, I think uh, adds a level of insight to that that I'm not going to be able to. So, uh, right. not that I don't agree with what he says, but you get my point. So yeah. uh, that that is, you know, that's kind of the other thing that's sort of been looming over the week. But uh, I'm I'm happy to move on to hopefully greener pastures than Tessa Blanchard's. Attitude <laughs> and, yeah. and horrible behavior.
0: Yeah. When is she uh, coming into SCI? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never. Yeah, probably not worth the, the the money and the headache. Um, but we will talk about some things that you were involved with. We'll get into some uh some good news and some maybe some questionable news. You did kind of scoop me, um, because I just saw it tweeted out before we got on here. Maybe not you, but whoever's running the IWTV, um, Southern Under underground pro that's it right sup i always could just call him sup I, at this point i forgot what the name that, of the fucking company that, is
1: that is that is correct that is the acronym yes, or yes.
0: What it um, most most recent show stay cold had a lot of issues behind the scenes um to the point where there was a point where i was asking you about it and i think i was quoted in like maybe the show never sees the light today is going to be posted tomorrow as we record i'm gonna be able to get the turnaround on this recording pretty quickly. So I might actually have this out before even that's up, but uh, what were the headaches and uh, what are the positives that people should be looking to see on the show? Uh, So I told this story some on the newscast
1: a couple weeks back. I'm happy to reiterate it here. It is one of the, like I've been involved in a lot of strange things. So, so for people who don't know, I did music stuff for years and years and years. I was, I'm like an old school DIY hardcore punk kid that started in that scene literally in the summer of 1992 So I've, I've been Involved in things going wrong At shows for uh, You know <laughs> Over 25 years at this point point. And I can honestly Say that the situation At Stakehold, at Southern Underground Pro Stakehold Which took place on January the 5th And was supposed to be live streamed By NWTV and technically was In a very non-optimal way um, I can honestly say that is the weirdest situation that I've ever been involved with at a show in terms of a freak situation. Because normally when you have a freak situation like this happen, it's either like the show's getting canceled, right? Like that's it. Like you're just going to cancel it. Or there's enough time between when the freak situation happens or there's some other workaround that you can sort of navigate it in a way that people understand what's going on or, you know, like, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Basically, right. what, happened, it, 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 what happened is this. Um, IWTV sent out a, uh, uh, which is a full disclosure. I work for independentwrestling.tv. I should say that out of the gate. Um, but I also, of course, am part of the promotional and booking team for SUP, as well as one of the commentators. So, um, full disclosure uh, you know, we, we get to the show and everything is going fine, other than some people are running late. And that happens, you know, we run Sunday afternoon, we run in, we run, we run in the central time zone. A lot of people are coming from the Eastern time zone. Uh, like that's not really an excuse, but I get it, especially if it's your first time. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of things that can and do go wrong. Um, so we had several sort of things, people that were running late, various capacities. And, um, uh, you know uh, To take this back even farther by the way This is something that I have not talked about publicly We actually didn't know if we were going to have a ring For the show until You know Less than 12 hours Before the show Because there was a situation With our ring guy who's awesome And we love him to death and he does a great job Where there was a total miscommunication Like I don't To this day I don't know if the dates got crossed up it, What happened but he was not even aware of it until we did our follow up a couple days prior to the show. <laughs> so there was a chance that this show could have been even weirder. <laughs> but OK, uh, yeah. So so we we thought we had dodged the bullet, of course, by this. Right. Well, long story short, um, the IWTV uh, director, the man in the producer's chair was running a little bit late. It happens. It wasn't in and of itself a catastrophic situation that uh, the basement East is actually a very small and tight venue. It's actually in some ways easier to work with for what we need for IWTV than other rooms that are much bigger where you have to run more, more wire uh, because we, you know, we run everything on, a, on, I'll just say it. It's public. It's good to know. We don't do what go fight live did where you run everything over the Wi-Fi. We run everything through a hard line, through an ethernet cable. Um, if you've ever wondered why sometimes our streams get announced a little bit late some of the, sometimes the reason things get announced a little bit late is because we try to meticulously make sure that we've done an appropriate speed test with the venue, that we know we have hardline access. We try to be very, very careful about that because we don't want a, a catastrophic streaming situation, right? Uh, or, or we want to do everything we can to avoid it. There's certain things you can't fully control. If, if somebody's router goes kaput in the middle of the show, You know, I mean, there are things that happen, but by and large, we want to have as much control over the situation as possible. So um, director gets there. He's setting things up. Things are moving along. I'm off on the side about to book, you know, finishing up some minor booking things and some actually just some even I think I think I was literally looking for tape to post the copy of the card that was going to go in the locker room. But where we keep it (laughs) and Jesse starts screaming Righteous Jesse, of course, IWTV VJ, the ring announcer there, very good commentator. He starts, he starts screaming, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. And I'm like, oh God. Because the first thing I think is somebody got hurt in the ring because you always worry about that, right? Like, especially after what happened with Luchasaurus, you know, recently before an AEW show, like that always enters your head is, oh my God, what happens if, so-? you know, you, you, it's just it's instinctual. I come running out and I find out that there's like a medical emergency that is a true emergency that can, I, I, and I won't say what it is because I don't want to cause any embarrassment. Um, and I, you know, there are parties involved in this that don't need to be it, like it, it just, it doesn't need to be elevated any more than that. But there was a medical, yeah, it's emergency a private that,
0: citizen. It doesn't, it's his business cor- is not everyone's
1: correct. So there's a medical emergency and our direct, like it involves our director, right? It involves like the person who's there to direct the show. Now, keep in mind, this is five minutes before doors are supposed to open. Doors open at 1.30. And, you know, everything's more or less in place, but there had been some, some seemingly small things that weren't done yet for the production that normally would ne- necess- would, wouldn't have been an issue. But A, when you don't have the director there, it's an issue. And B, it's also an issue because we had just gotten some new equipment as part of our uh, IWTV's new uh, merger with SmartMark video we just gotten some new equipment, uh, including two really new state-of-the-art cameras. And um, part of the issue, which we would later discover, was there, that those two cameras had not been added into the live editing software. Um, that was one of the things that had not been done yet. <laughs> so we we there was no but there there like every, the situation was so hectic that people weren't even thinking that it was just like you get to the hospital let's figure out what we're gonna do so we pushed back doors for ten minutes and um, at about one forty we opened the doors. And times going on, and Jay Rose is there. He's stepping up. He also is an IWTV employee uh, along with myself, and he's stepping up because I'm not the biggest technical guy in the world. There's small things I can do. I, I mean, I could have run the switch if I absolutely had to once everything was up. But uh, you know, it, it, realistically, there there are limitations, right? What I do for the company is a lot different than what a director does for the company. It's not even close. Um, and same thing with Jay Rose. So. Um, there was a period about, you know, if you, if you were watching the show live or trying to watch the show live, you know, that the show started 10 or 15 minutes late. And we were still trying to make a decision at that point. Literally, we didn't even know if we could get a single camera on at that point. And it was like, okay, do we send out a tweet now that we're canceling the show for an emergency reason that we can't explain? Right. Or, and and then just, you know, release it ASAP in an edited version or, or do we, Keep pushing it because the other thing at the basement east is there's a time window because there's a show that comes up, that that happens after our show. We have to have everything out of that building by 6 p.m. Central time. Everything. So we, we it's not like we could do an hour-long delay. It's not even an option. You know, it's a nine-match card. So time's going on literally at about 210, maybe two. I think it was 207 or 208, actually. One of the cameras pops up. And we're like, okay, we can at least do a hard cam shoot. It's not going to be great, but it's something we're about to get ready to go. And then we realize the commentary is not working and we have no clue why <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're, we, we, we can't like, I, and I mean, Jay Rose is a pretty smart guy when it comes to stuff like this. I, you know, used to run sound boards, not for a living, but semi regularly in a previous life. Like it, it, It's not like we're total dunces when it comes to this. We have some other people that are on hand that have worked with wrestling companies and other things in various capacities and nobody can figure it out. I still don't know what we screwed up there. I'll be honest. I still don't know what we screwed up there. Long story short, at this point we've got to make a decision. Do we do a hard cam only stream with no commentary and try to record a commentary track over it or do we uh, now with a show that's already late say, sorry, we're not going to stream live. And it was my decision ultimately. And I said, I think particularly for people who had signed up for the service that weekend, because um, the ICW show was the day before, I right. felt like a stream was better than no stream. That was my p- position. So uh, we went ahead and we did the show, hard cam only. By the time the second half hit, we had uh, our director had been able to come in through the back door remotely and get a, get the camera configured, so in the second half of the show, after intermission, you, it actually is a two camera shoot, even live, but that tells you how crazy the situation was uh, then come to find out that a huge chunk of the commentary we thought we were recorded did not record then you know and then halfway through the show, well actually that's not true. about two matches in, we realized that the battery packs had not been charged or rotated because that's usually the last thing our director does is get that set stuff set up. So we're trying to swap swap out batteries as the show's going on. We're hoping we can make it to intermission. And then, sure enough, in the title match, right before intermission, a couple minutes in, we have to basically go to black for three or four minutes. I mean, it, it was an awful situation. And... um it, it, there are several sort of protocols that we put in place at IWTV to make sure that never happens again. I think they're going to be effective. Those are sort of internal things that I don't really want to share publicly, but suffice to say that it has been the topic of great discussion. And I think we have a situation in place to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, the show itself. And part of the reason that it was so frustrating for me is that the show itself was a really good wrestling show. <laughs> like right. I, like I, I, I think it's one of the best shows Supes ever done. Uh, Kevin Koo and Daniel Makabe was amazing. I think it, that that was a great match. Um, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Stallion and Brett Ison in the main event had a great match. Uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of people will really enjoy the opening segment the way that worked. Uh, Dominic Greedy and Logan Stunt, uh, John Davis and Manders had a really fun match. We had several storylines that were advanced, so. It, it, it was very frustrating in that regard um, I went back and did some voiceover commentary I had a chance to listen to the audio track um, I'm mostly happy with it There was one match, Allen Angels versus Cole Radrick Where I have no clue why Because on top of everything else that happened uh, I was having problems with my computer while I was doing voiceover audio uh, uh, And during that match Something happened And you can kind of hear me but not very well. Uh, and I apologize in advance for that. I, but there was no way I was going to hold the show back any longer. It's already been, you know, 10 days. And I, I was not going to hold it back to redo an audio track again. And then go through the process of exporting and uploading again for one match. Not at this stage. Not after everything that's happened. So everything else should be more or less up to speed. There is a period during the Cabana Man Dan and AC Mac match. On the new edit that will be available tomorrow As part of the Thursday Night Fix Live at 8pm on IWTV There is, there is a p- portion of that match Probably about a 3 or 4 minute portion of that match Where it is handheld only But that, I mean, to me that's not a negative You know um, Right. Uh, but it's just a it, it's, You know, that was the situation Because that was when the battery died on the hard cam <laughs> So uh, I'm just happy the damn show is out Because the show is too good to have been Memory hold forever And the people who were watching live, who stuck it out, and there was not – it was not an insubstantial number. Like, I want to thank them for watching the show live, and I also want to thank them for, you know, talking up and sort of, you know, giving credit to the matches that happened, particularly in a less-than-optimal viewing scenario.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean – looks like a great card looks like a great show i've heard great things from people at the show live and people wrestling on the show even um saying that they're really proud of the work that they did there a lot of interesting names here who are maybe you know first time um in the in the basement east um so that's gonna be pretty fun to check out um overall and and it's great that it came out like like you said i mean Maybe other people who weren't aware of all the goings on in the on uh, in the background feel like, oh, it's taken so long. But for me, I'm just happy. I was like kind of shocked to see it's coming out so quickly. So kudos to you guys for the turnaround on that uh, dealing with such a tough situation, actually making it uh, making it work here. Um, the other thing and you mentioned you listened to it earlier today and me and Quentin talked about it a little bit, but like to get maybe the the thoughts and the the connections from someone who's there a little bit more and a little bit closer to it IWTV and smart mark video merging a little bit more like what's i mean that's part of it too like i don't know if i know what's the extent of how closely the two companies are now linked what's the extent of what this really means for the indie landscape overall um i feel like that's enough of a prompt to let you kind of go off but how does this affect the indie landscape I was just talking about it earlier with roh now seemingly having more tight connections with three other big promotions. IWTV merging with SmartMark Video really feels like now all the indie promotions are linked together in some way when it comes to production and the way that their streams are getting out there. I mean, that does not leave a big slice of the American and even somewhat international pie of indie promotions that exist that are not in some way connected to IWTV. What do you what 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 do you think this means overall and what is the What's the exact you guys are willing to say out there publicly, like situation? How closely tied are the two companies now? Um, the companies are merged. You
1: know, completely. I, I mean, it, yes, I mean, like okay. look, now. Now, look, that doesn't mean that there that Smart Mart Video doesn't exist, right? It's like if if a um. If you know, sometimes you see this with record companies. If two record companies get together, they sometimes will still act as separate divisions, right? I mean, right. That, that that's not unheard of. Okay, and what I'm, and, and I and the reason I make this point is, <clears throat> if you look at the original press release, what we put out there, I think it does tell a lot, and it also leaves some to the imagination. That was partially by design, obviously both in terms of things that we were working on and trying to innovate in real time as things were getting done, and I mean quite literally in real time, um, and also you know, things we were trying to properly execute uh, and make sure we didn't overpromise. You know, I think one of the reasons that IWTV has been as successful as it has been, and Smart Mar Video for that matter, who's been a powerhouse in content distribution since the 90s, um, I think one of the reasons both companies have been successful is they did, neither company has ever really overpromised consumers so you, we've never had a situation where we guaranteed, we promised, we said, this is definitely going to happen. It's going to happen this way. And, but no, you know, for months and months and months, we had people say, when are you guys going to have apps? And, and I get it. I got the frustration with it. I got why people were like, damn it. I want to be able to do this, but we never, we did not want to say a timeline publicly that we could, uh, that would be because we didn't want to disappoint people, you know, like, and. With the Smart Mart video situation, obviously, there are some things that are more geared toward our partners, our partner promotions, you know, um, uh, which I think also offer more opportunities for for consumers to use some capitalist speak that I actually happen to believe in because I'm a well, I'm not a capitalist. I am a market guy. There's a distinction, by the way. Um, But, uh, you know, the things like. If you're a part of SmartMark Media or if you're part of IWTV now and you want to have MP4 downloads, you want to do Blu-ray and DVD, you want to go that route, you have an in-house team that is the best in the business, basically, and always has been, that is right there for you to work with, right? Now, obviously, in theory, that's geared toward consumers, but it's also very much geared toward pr- partner promotions. Let's just be realistic. It's more options. It's more ways to distribute your content, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, there's stuff about the merger That is more obviously like uh, geared toward the consumer, even though it has a huge benefit as well for uh, the partner promotions. Something like that would be some of the things we held back in the initial announcement and have sort of slowly released over time. For example, um, the Game Changer Wrestling Association. I think that's sort of the situation that is the thing that everybody's going What's this mean? How deep is it going to be? Obviously, we're still streaming shows. They're still streaming shows on Fight TV. Obviously, Fight TV, those shows are produced um, uh, by Smart Mart Video Live. Smart Mart Video is a part of us. That that should tell you. Fight TV is not going away. We have a relationship with Fight TV. That's going to continue. Having said that, Game Changer content is on IWTV right now. In fact, we were making sure everything was set and ready to go right at midnight. Uh, when the ball dropped uh, you know, on, New Year's, on New Year's Day while Heavy Lies the Crown was going on. <laughs> so like, that was set to go. That was something that we wanted to have in place and, and, and ready. Um, AIW has never streamed before on, on IWTV until now, in February. We've had their archives for a long, long time. Will they still be doing fight streams as well? Absolutely. Are you going to see... Some IW TV streams from AIW are with, with AIW? Well, obviously so, because the first one's in February. Um, you know, uh, H2O, they've been another sort of stalwart of Smart Mart Video exclusivity. We've got some H2O content on the service now. Um, again, this is it, – it, it is – it's a situation where I, I do not want to be put in a position to overpromise, but I think if you followed IWTV and you see how IWTV has grown and you see what we have done, what our track record is, um, and I yes, I get it. This is a commercial right now, but it's also it's also I believe it's true, and I'm more than welcome to answer any criticism you have of it, Tim. But if you if you follow it and you see how it's gone, you see how it's developed. I think you can. Sort of look at what we're doing and go, huh, I wonder if they'll ever do this. And the answer to that question is, we're probably working to try to do it, even if we haven't announced it yet. So, you know, like multicasting is a great example. People ask, like, for a year or longer, why can't you run two streams at the same time? Well, we did this week. You know, no. like, I mean, now granted, the St. Louis Anarchy stream was not ideal, and that was because of internet issues in the building. It absolutely was. Uh, but we were able to successfully stream two shows at the same time. Now the wheels start turning. Now you start to see about other options that might be available in the near future. So realistically, um, I think what it means is that you're going to see an increase in the quality of production for live events. You're going to see more content on IWTV that might have seemed like it wasn't going to be on IWTV. We've already seen that, frankly, with the Game Changer archives, the H2 archives, and an IW live stream planned, um, real-time IWA Mid South shows, things like that. So, and you're probably going to see some stuff that is completely unexpected, because things like one thing about working at IWTV, it's extremely dynamic. And there are big things that, you know, happen this. I get that this sounds like bullshit, you know, I get it, but there are big things that happen and plans and things that we're working on literally every day. That is not an exaggeration. Literally every day there is a project that we are working on that I would consider. And I think most people who listen to this show and most independent wrestling fans would would consider a big project. There is never not a big project in the works. Um, And that's the goal is to just keep that momentum going. And the smart mark video relationship, I think makes it, you know, that much easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys are very ambitious and you talked about it and the idea of not over delivering. And I mean, you said like, Oh, you'd be open to hearing criticism. I have very little criticism for the company. There was obviously some unpleasantness early on with one of the former members of the, you know, the staff and maybe a founding member of the team, whatever, that kind of has all been talked about and dealt with. There's no reason to even rehash it, but I just mention it so that people listening don't go, "Hey, you should, you know, make sure that you give criticism." But one thing that I would criticize you guys with, and you talked about it, not overpromising, is that I feel like stuff just fucking happens, and I don't know. Like, I don't feel like you guys necessarily give yourself enough lead time to announce things and put stuff out here. I mean, this the Smart Mark video thing, the GCW stuff. It's like boom hey this is what's happening and then bam everything hits the service, and that's great in a lot of ways but it's like i think if you blink you miss it and that's like the only issue with iwtv is that if you guys could just get something out there a little bit more so that everyone you can like saturate the market just slightly more so everyone knows what the fuck is going on because there's companies promotions all this stuff that join up with you guys and streams and everything that's happening and i don't No, I just there's so much going on. You're bombarded with so much content. There's everything everywhere on top of if people who actually still pay attention to WWE at this point, which seems ludicrous to me, honestly, that anyone would um, if you have that on top of it, it's like, how do you keep up with everything that's going on? Plus, it's no fucking secret. I've talked about it a bunch. Like, I'm a lot more active. I spend more time outside of my apartment on a bicycle than I do sitting on the couch on Twitter paying attention to what's going on. So a lot of times I don't know what the fuck is going on with you guys. So that would be my only issue with that is I get not wanting to over promise, but almost sometimes it comes to the detriment where I have to like poke around on the app to find out things that like would have been really pertinent to me to know about a lot, a lot sooner basically.
1: I think there's, I think there's some fairness to that. I mean, obviously we've tried to time certain am- announcements for maximum effect, right? Like one thing we've been trying to do is sort of, slowly release some of the more interesting announcements and things over the course of this, this first period here. So we want like heavy lives, the crown's a big show. New Year's Eve is a big day. That's when we announced the merger. Uh, And I I think that was obviously a pretty big news story. Um, We wanted to be able to carry over the momentum. So that's where we went. That's, that, that's where we went with GCW. That's where we went with the AIW announcement. Of course, subsequently, you know, on, on the multicast thing, um, that, that was a last We to be honest with you, um, that was something we worked very, very hard out to roll out. We knew it was going to be a beta test. We knew it was going to be less than ideal. I actually think it worked very well, but it, that was something that we maybe could have announced a little bit sooner, but we were, we, de- that was, it really came down to the wire and we didn't want to announce something we couldn't execute. So, right. um, there, there are. There are situations like that, and I do think that in 2020, one of the goals is to be a little bit more um, organized and consistent with the announcement, uh, the announcements, and the promotions that we're making, both for our partners and just in general to improve the service. So, um, whereas before, sometimes we would make improvements or do little things, we wouldn't even know them at all. Like, that, like, like somebody might discover them and be like, oh, these, they did this, you know, um, that those days are probably done. I think, I think, we're, uh, you know, just in general, um, there's going to be a, a bigger, fo- like one small thing, but it's something that I try to do is I'm going to try to get a preview up for every live stream we do this year. So I've actually got a West coast uh, pro wrestling preview up because they debut, uh, live on the service on Friday. Oh, um, wow. Uh, I so, uh, see, I didn't even know about yeah, that. That's a company yeah. that I
0: pay attention to. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they, we actually have their December show up right now on VOD. It just, I just released it a couple hours ago today. Um, and their show Friday will be live. Uh, that's, I believe, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern is the time on that show. called 17 Reasons. Uh, I've got a preview of that. They dropped today. And, you know, if you go to the IWTV site, It'll be there. We'll also be pumping those out on social media more. You know, if you're on our mail list, you'll get them, things like that. So I do want to be more consistent with that. Um, There's some other things that we want to be a little bit more consistent about, some of which we're kind of holding back. One of which is that Thursday night, the Thursday night fix concept. You know, we kind of owned Thursday night when when uh, Uncharted Territory was running. And with Uncharted Territory on a break right now, we don't want to cede that just to whoever. So we're going to continue doing something at 8 p.m. every Thursday night. This week, it happens to be the actual correctly edited Southern <laughs> <from an laughs> Underground Pro Show, right? But it could be something different. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i I'm pretty excited about it. I I think there's some other things and some other kind of ideas we have in the toolkit that we're going to – unveil uh and i think they're they're gonna continue to elevate the game i really do I, I'm, I'm very proud to work for iwtv it's very much the vision that i've always wanted anybody who's known me and followed the long arc of my wrestling geekdom knows that this is very much a dylan hales passion project even though i am being paid for it um It's very much what I want to do. And it's very, very gratifying too because my shows are on the service, the shows I'm involved with. I shouldn't say my shows, but the shows I'm involved with. And they do very well too. You know, it's cool. Like, this is going to be very gratuitous, but like, um, and I don't mind sharing this because Matt Griffin, the promoter, has been very public about this. But the action show, the most recent action show, just dropped uh, about. 27 or 28 hours maybe 30 hours ago on the service as we record this and it did it's done astronomical numbers like it is it is shattered our previous viewing records for first day uh action wrestling content and that's something matt's publicly said so i have no problem saying it here on the show but like how cool is that? This show that – another show that almost was doomed, by the way. We lost the venue the day before. Had to redo the entire thing after business, after business operating hours had closed on Friday night. Um, terrible weather coming through the Atlanta area. Show gets thrown together. Like, we don't lose any talent. We have the biggest crowd we've ever had in that building. Our turnaround time on the VOD is excellent. And it does the bi- biggest numbers it's ever done on IWTV by far. So, right. like, I, I, I can't not be happy about that. Um, but, yeah. Like, but, I mean, but, an but, action
0: I, show not missing talent, not having talent pull out is, like, already huge.
1: Uh, you're not kidding. Especially on this show where there's every reason for it to happen. You know, right. like, we had a, a St. Louis car that was driving literally through tornadoes. And, <laughs> and you, you know, the, the original venue canceled us because of weather stuff. So that tells you how serious the situation was. And, you know, but I mean, without IWTV, like this would be a miracle story that would be interesting, but it wouldn't be a show anybody can watch, you know, like in the old yeah. days, may- maybe this gets thrown up on YouTube. Maybe God knows it's probably not pro shot and probably doesn't have commentary. Now it's a pro shot show with commentary. It's available a couple days after it, it happens, you know, like
0: yeah. that's that's amazing. Yeah, you say commentary. It's not just commentary. Action Wrestling has two of the best commentators in the business, primarily. So, I mean, shit. It's not just not just any commentary. It's great commentary. It's eh, shot super we're, well. We're okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot, and there's a lot that I meant to even mention. You talked about anyone who's followed you and seeing that this is a a passion project and you talked about not being a a capitalist but maybe into the market you are a trademark as people know uh, you you're one of the, <laughs> the trademarks so right. I have to get that out there um so iwtv teaming up with smartmark video the, the juggernaut of streaming content um and the big debate and the big thing that's happening wrestlemania weekend you got the collective you've got wrestlemania weekend in general not just specifically what does IWTV what's your guys' hand in everything for the big WrestleMania weekend stuff, but like just Dylan the wrestling fan, what do you think about the controversy, everything that's going on with just the oversaturation, the the theme shows, not enough talent, everything that's going on WrestleMania weekend, and just getting inundated with content when it comes to stuff to watch. Like How are you guys feeling? How are you? How does IWTV feeling gearing up for WrestleMania weekend? How's Dylan, the wrestling fan feeling gearing up for WrestleMania weekend?
1: So as an employee of the company, I'm really excited. I I can't talk about what exactly we're going to be doing, what our role is, anything like that. Like some of that stuff has to be held back for right now, unfortunately. But I I mean, how could I not be excited? A bunch of our partners are doing big things on a big stage. Um, You know, we've got partner promotions all over that you know what many people are calling oversaturated landscape um as a fan uh look okay the theme show thing i get why people don't like it right i get why people don't like it um the problem is that uh the market does like it (laughs) because the theme shows generally do well and you, you Look, I'm not saying they all do well Right? We can all point to Examples of theme shows that have not done well But, they, and, and I, I remember Last year with The Collective, there was all this Oh, it's not going to work It's like, it. it look at the shows That are running here People don't even know who these companies are Blah, 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 and I'll admit Even myself, I was like Boy, some of these shows may not May not make it, you know, like I don't know, and think About what happened, like Interspecies Wrestling, which was, I think a show that a lot of people were worried about, did a very good house and had a super entertaining show that was widely praised. Uh, Black Label Pro, who was one of the pe- promotions that was most heavily criticized by people, ended up emerging as almost a powerhouse out of the weekend, right? Like compare where Black Label Pro was coming into WrestleMania weekend last year to where they are after having run. AIW solidified their status and I think elevated their status in the, in the sort of independent wrestling zeitgeist. Like I, I, I just look, are there too many shows? Sure. Like, I mean, yes. In the sense that there's no way all these shows are going to draw. And some of these shows at the very, very bottom level are, are kind of like, you gotta be kidding me. On the other hand, am I happy that shows like primetime uh, pro wrestling and prestige wrestling are running shows WrestleMania weekend? Yes. I am. If, if it, like I, I, And I, how will those shows do? I have no earthly idea. I have no earthly idea how those shows are going to do. It is a risk. There's no question about it. But, I mean, people – I'll give you an example. People said Pizza Party was crazy to be running this year. That was a very, very common thing that I heard is Pizza Party's crazy. They shouldn't be running. This was sort of the, the scuttlebutt behind the scenes – um, I'm not going to name names uh, more with fans than than people in the business, but some people in the business as well. And look, I don't I, I Dan's a friend of mine. I don't know what numbers they've done in terms of ticket sales per se. But look at the lineup pizza party has and tell me that you're not you don't think the weekend is better because that show ha- is happening. I mean, that that is a the publicly announced lineup for that show is incredible. It is absolutely stacked like it. And <laughs> I. I, I I can't imagine being against the idea of that, that, that card. (laughs) It just, it blows my mind that like, and again, I'm not saying that people are specifically singling them out now, but they sure were before the card got announced. So I I'm, I'm very, um, the chips are going to fall where they may, right? That's the way this works. And there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers. And, um, ideally there's tons of winners and the losers are basically the shit shows that did it to themselves. That's what, uh, you know, but I look, how can you be mad? I, I get it. Maybe the, the war horse, uh, Dan house and WrestleMania show isn't for everybody, but it's for a lot of people. A lot of people are going to love that fucking show. And it's a show that has Daniel McCabe versus Nick Gage on it,
0: That's which means i to say, yeah, I was going to
1: point that out. Which means a lot of people who maybe instinctively were like, I don't know about the gimmick thing. I don't know if it's for me. Guess what? Those people are looking at that match announcement, and I think they're having second thoughts. This, these, these shows, I think, I, I know some of the matches that haven't been announced for certain shows. I know some other things that haven't been announced. It's going to be a very, very special weekend. I am very, 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 very excited for it. Actually, you know what? I'll break some news, Tim, too. I've Let's actually not I've not publicly said this. I'm doing commentary for Pizza Party. So I, I, I admit that I do have a little bit of uh, bias there. But the reason I'm doing commentary for Pizza Party is because the card kicks ass and I want to do right. it. So like, um, believe me, as an IWTV employee, I'd have plenty other stuff to do. But I want to call that show. And Dan is gracious enough to have me so i am going to be calling that show so i haven't announced it even on social media yet but i i I will probably later this week and i'm super super excited for it
0: yeah and i mean you talked about it it's a good show and i i i won't go on record with specific numbers but uh, you know we're both friendly we're both friends with the the top brass over there at pizza party and i'll just say that nearly like two and a half months out from the show the pre-sale tickets are doing pretty good so to say that they're crazy for running or whatever that people are saying they're doing all right i think they're going to end up doing okay and you know i think they'll end up selling a good amount of tickets and they are going to have now you just put it out there you on commentary um unfortunately not going to have the commentary partner i think you were hoping for uh there on the day unfortunately but uh, he's got
1: he's got something important going on so we'll allow it
0: yeah it's i mean sometimes (laughs) sometimes some things take precedent i guess um but yeah i mean Big time stuff. You talked about it. I, me and you both have talked in depth in the past about our feelings about economic things and and you know, unfortunately this is the way the system works. The market dictates what's allowable and what makes sense. If it was up to me, we would nationalize professional wrestling. It wouldn't be, you know, a, a capitalist endeavor at all. It would be subsidized as it, as it should be as an art form that enriches society as a whole and the government would, would be paying for it. So we wouldn't be based around what people are willing to pay for it would be uh, you know based around the quality of the uh, the artistic endeavors that were being performed but that's not the world we live in so we have to just deal with the fact that the market dictates that all of these insane amount of shows are supported because until a company loses their ass wrestlemania weekend running a show they're gonna keep doing it right i mean if everyone makes the, you, money, know, you or, know what yeah. they're
1: gonna keep doing it even if they do lose their ass i mean like that's the thing every year there's a few shows that don't succeed and every year there's a few shows that really don't succeed. And, does, and every year we go through this and we have people who say, oh, it's too many shows, blah, blah, blah. Look, you, you don't, there's no moral obligation to watch any of the shows, let alone all of them. So I, I don't even understand the argument just from that perspective. But set, set aside that for a second, completely set that aside. I've seen people, people who I really, 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 really respect and like a lot and think are very, very smart, actually say things like, oh, I liked it better in the old days when there was like one or two hubs. And it's like, look, I get it. I get it. Like, you know, if you're, if you're sort of of the opinion that you know part of it was just the era of talent then too i think Uh, even though i don't subscribe to the theory that the indie talent is lower than ever in fact i think that it's it's the exact opposite is true i actually think there's far more indie talent than there's ever been it's just that there were sort of like all-time legendary figures that aren't around anymore it's like you know there's only one matt riddle there's only one chris but whatever like the you know the shift the way, the way things were broken down, it's like, I get that argument. I understand it to a degree, and just in terms of, like, the ease of use, right? Like, oh, you know, I will just go to this hub and watch these guys. Yes, okay. And I get that it's not, it, like, if you're a list-making type, of which both me and you are, it is a little bit annoying, like, to the sort of obsessive-compulsive wrestling nerd in us that, like, you you, it's harder to track who an MVP of WrestleMania weekend is on the Indies now, <laughs> because right. guys are working all these different shows and like, I get it, I get all of that. Having said that, boy, isn't it great that O'Shea Edwards has a high profile WrestleMania booking? Isn't Isn't it great that Daniel McCabe has a has you know multiple, multiple. High, high profile WrestleMania bookings? Because to take those just those two examples off the top of my head. And those are just ones that are publicly announced. There are some ones that I know about that are private, that have not been publicly announced, that are also, in my opinion, very, very cool. Um, it's really, really cool that that's the case. It, isn't it great that Ben Carter has a high-profile <laughs> WrestleMania booking Benjamin <laughs> yeah. Carter? Like, it, like, guess what? That would not happen under the old system. It would not. And if you think it would, you either... Don't know what you're talking about or you're full of shit. And if, you're theor- and if the idea is, well, I don't want that to happen because I only want it to be the cream of the crop, guess what? Daniel McCabe is the cream of the crop. It's just that under the old system, nobody was willing to take a chance on guys like that. The current system encourages people to take chances on guys that they know are great wrestlers, that they know that can deliver, and that actually can help sell tickets, I might add, to a certain audience because you're not locked into the idea of we've got to get the 10 to 15 biggest names those days are over and to me that's a positive
0: yeah i mean that's a good point and you talked about it but you know the legends of tomorrow are the nobodies of today so to just say like there's there's not that same talent or whatever it's like they are there you just don't know who they are yet you know maybe me and you unfortunately you talked about it but uh, compulsive ridiculous wrestling nerds we know who they are but a lot of people don't. And to my kind of joking point earlier about having the government subsidize wrestling, like WrestleMania weekend is kind of that in a, in a lot of ways. These smaller shows get to really be subsidized in the drawing aspect of the fact that a lot of people are going to be in town for WrestleMania so they can take a chance on a Daniel McCabe on and O'Shea Edwards on a Benjamin Carter guys who deserve that spot. But from a business standpoint are probably not worth not to say that they don't sell tickets, not to say that they couldn't draw, but they're not worth the flights, the booking fee, the hotel room, everything that it takes to get them to the other side of the country. But if you're going to have them there because there's a lot of shows going on, you can split the cost of a bunch of other people. You're going to have a ton of wrestling fans in the area, and you know that you're going, to, they're going to be there because they're coming for WrestleMania. You've got like a captured market, basically. Like it is the closest thing to a subsidized independent wrestling scene. Unfortunately, it's off the back of WWE rather than, uh, you know, like I said, the government taking care of it like they should. Um, so it's kind of like that philanthropy model that a lot of people are recently attacking more and more as you get, get people go directly at like the Koch brothers, like Bill Gates people like that who are using philanthropy as like a veiled way of um of basically you know only dealing with issues that they think are important and also still peddling in some influence in in kind of a subverted way that kind of gives it a veneer of being a positive thing either way that's a diatribe that's not here is neither here nor there dylan before I let you go for the evening, before I let you get back to all that busy projects and work that you have going on at IWTV, is there anything else that you want to talk about? It can be anything, honestly. Any new stuff, matches that you think people should be paying attention to, anything.
1: I, I actually... So let's let's do this. Um, I don't know exactly... I, I, I'm going to put you kind of in the hot seat a little bit here. This, okay. we, did, we did not produce this at all. And this will be the last thing we talk about because I literally am going to get off this and immediately go back to work, and it's not a joke.
0: <laughs> but
1: yeah, I um, The uh, it's like I'm an insane person, folks. Um, I I want to know who do you think, like if if you and, and you know I listen to the Top Fifty Show. It's one of my favorite shows that gets done every year. I think it's excellent. Um, I you know and and which is funny because you and I often disagree even about. You know, certain guys a whole, whole lot. But right. I, I always respect the way you present your arguments and that you that, that it's not just sort of surface level, like uh, wrestler X is good. Wrestler Y is bad, which is so typical in the social media area era. But I I'm curious, who do you think the, who's the favorites on paper? Maybe, you know, you've got a couple weeks under your belt. Obviously, part of that is going to be part of what your answer will be. Will, you know, be predicated on how you view these first couple of weeks, but who's your favorite, who do you think is positioned to be your number one for 2020? I'm very, very interested in that. I I, like you, you guys, I don't think really talked about that. And I know that's not really a function of the, of the show, Um, but, but I'm interested in that. I, 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 I find myself every year when you guys do that, that's always the question that I want
0: to ask. And I can't ask and I can now, and it's close enough to when you recorded where i'm going to do it so right no no that's a that is a good question and looking because that is a question that's kind of based on like you know what did you see last year who you know ended up doing well and who ended up like they need to get the opportunities that you see coming that they'll do well (laughs) right now my favorite the person who i really and like the thing about Unfortunately, the thing about saying this out loud, it makes it even that more much more trite. But I did kind of say it at the end of the top 50 is that I think that 2020 is David Starr's year. I think that he's been the bridesmaid two years in a row. He's been number two for me against guys who a lot of people arguably would say he should have beat. People would say that he was better than the past two years. And I think that 2020, with the way things are starting, we already talked about it, but starting a kerfuffle with Gabe, uh, continuing to basically make it pretty clear that he's Sticking with being independent, definitely not signing with WWE anytime soon, which definitely helps him when it comes to my case, right? Because if he signs with WWE, I'm just not going to see him. Like last year, maybe it wasn't last year, last year or the year before, I can't remember exactly, Matt Riddle was on his way to being my number one wrestler of the year. Without a doubt, there was a time in the year where it was, this is Matt Riddle's year. And I think it was 2018 um, where this was happening. And then he signs, and then that's it. His his case just dies at that point. Um, David Starr will not be signing with WWE. So I don't think that that's, there's an issue with that happening. So I really do think that right now, based solely on that, 2020, David Starr's year. Who did I just see uh, completely destroy it on a GCW clusterfuck? Who do I actually think has all the potential in the world to end up being my wrestler of the year? AJ Gray. Like if I'm going to tell you like who on paper it has to be their that's year That's a that's a great
1: pick. That's a that is a great dark horse pick. I agree yeah. with that actually.
0: Yeah. yeah, but 2020 on paper, everything going the way that it keeps going, nothing changes, David Starr, this is his year. Based on who I like and who has really putting it together and looks like 2020 is going to be their year to get the chances that they've deserved for a while. AJ Gray. So yeah, that's that's kind of my my opinion. That's a that's a great pick.
1: I, I, I was curious, I wanted to ask, I will note as we record this, I've got an opinion that I'm sure you don't share. Having called three of these matches and having seen all four of them, uh, I think right now, Kurt Stallion is unfuckable with. <laughs> like, okay. He's, he, his his match with Makabe was very good. Yeah, and it's I, amazing. I, I, it, it, like, and I, here's the scary thing is, and people should check that out. It's on the New South show, the most recent New South show, Alpha 3 on IWTV.Live. I, I legitimately think that they've got a better match in them. Like it, <laughs> it like I, it was over and I was like, holy shit, that's great. They can do even better. Like it, like, and I, when I got to the building, they, the, the New South guys, I wasn't really supposed to do anything on the show. Cause I was actually live tweeting the ICW New York show that night from the building. And as I uh, as I watched, uh, you know, uh, as I, when I got to the building and asked, "Hey, do you want to do any commentary?" and I was like, "Yes, I want the main event." <laughs> I ended up doing what, what, one other match too, but like like I was I was more than happy to take that main event. Um, and I, I that was my me selfishly uh, using my clout uh, for that solely the l- little clout that I have. Uh, but Stallion then had that match with Brett Ison which I thought was a tremendous clash of the Titans style match that totally felt like a huge moment in the basement East. Um, then he wrestled Gary J at St. Louis Anarchy, uh, at gateway to Anarchy and had one of the best St. Louis Anarchy matches I've ever seen. Uh, it was the best match on a show with Jeremy Wyatt versus Nick Gage, which is saying a lot. Cause if you know me, you know that I really like Jeremy Wyatt and Nick Gage and Kurt Stallion and G- Gary J was definitely the best match on that show. Uh, there were people who go to every Anarchy show who said it was the best Anarchy match they've ever seen. On paper, I'm not sure that I've seen a better one. I mean, I, I like off the top of my head. Uh, and then the very next day, he was part of that crew that drove through to action and he wrestled Bobby Flacco. And Bobby Flacco is a guy that you and Pete used to talk about a lot when you do the action reviews um, as a guy who. You know, obviously had some ability and had some skill, but really hadn't put it all the way together, right? I think that's a fair characterization. Like, I think both of you, you sort of saw him as a guy who had some potential, but maybe he didn't quite know who he was. And for the record, those criticisms were things that I sort of have shared with Bobby. And Stallion and Bobby are friends. They've wanted to work each other for a while. I knew they would bring it in that match. Legitimately, Timothy, this is one of the best matches action's ever had. Like, it, like... It is probably at worst my third favorite ma- action match ever, and it might be my favorite. Um, and it is a guy and Kurt Stallion on top of his game, bringing a young talent with potential up to his level. And it it doesn't feel like one of those matches where you know a guy is just totally carrying a guy. It feels more like he is over the course of the match forcing this kid who has potential, who has something that he sees something in personally, he is forcing him to be a great wrestler. And it is amazing to watch. Uh, So I, I know you and I have not traditionally seen that eye on stallion, but I would implore you and everybody listening to watch those matches and especially stallion versus Flacco, because in all those other matches, you could make the argument of, oh, well, it's the moment. Or it's the building where they're wrestling. Or, well, McCabe is tremendous. Of course he's going to have a good match with him. Okay, I'm not saying Bobby Flacco's bad at all. In fact, I'm really high on Bobby Flacco, especially after this match because he truly stepped up. But nobody is going to think that Kurt Steyn versus Bobby Flacco with no angle and nothing behind it on a random action show should be as good as it is. And yet it is. So <laughs> everybody wants that match.
0: Yes. And, and... We've had our disagreements. We talked even in private a little bit about kind of where I'm at currently with Stallion. And I don't want to get into diatribes talking about him too much here because I do want to uh, let you get going. So the floor is yours for plugs, things that you, you know, that kind of was plugs letting you just talk about whatever you want to talk about before we finish the show. But that's a little bit more substantial. I'll let you finish it out with the the bubblegum plugs, the, you know, follow me here, look out for this kind of stuff.
1: I will keep it very succinct and I will say this. Go to independentwrestling.tv and subscribe if you haven't. Not because I work there, although that's cool because I like to live, but because there's literally constantly good wrestling shows going on. This weekend, West Coast Pro Wrestling um, has their big stream on Friday night. And then on Saturday afternoon, uh, Black Label Pro's first show of the year. Uh, Nobody puts uh, BLP in a Corner takes place, which has, you know, like – AJ Gray versus Hammerstone on it, for example. <laughs> so, uh, uh, that, yeah, that was deliberately thrown for your approval. The, the whole lineup yes. is good. It also has Eric Stevens versus Tom Lawler. Uh, so, and it has Violence Forever versus Manders and, and uh, Big B. God, like, I mean, it's it's really <laughs> oh, it's it's really a good line. It's actually a very uh, it's very it's a very U lineup. Yes. So, this is a good weekend to subscribe if you haven't, folks. Um, so go do that. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dylan Waco That's D Y L A N W A C O. From there, you'll constantly see retweets of me talking about everything else we've talked about on the show. So I will save those plugs for you, hopefully, following me on Twitter if you're not already. Uh, and thank you uh, a lot for having me. I actually really enjoyed doing this. Oh, boy. that way, cause long distance relationships will kill you. Long distance relationships will kill you. Long distance relationships
0: will kill you.